Welcome to Lou Marks the Sprout, brought to you by yours truly, Lou Marks, bringing sanity and common sense back to America. Today, let's talk about how to deal with the loss of a loved one during the COVID-19 pandemic. First, I would like to dedicate this to my Uncle Fred, who passed away on April 6, 2020, just a few weeks ago. He was a true, great innocent, a great man, the most kind, loving, honest, and sweet soul I have ever known. I love you, my uncle, so very dearly and always will. You are so incredibly missed every day. And of course, my heart goes out to all those lost to COVID-19 and my sincere condolences to their families. Many people and families have and will experience a loss from the coronavirus. The need to self-isolate can make the grieving process that much more difficult. For many, one of the saddest, if not most traumatic elements of the recent COVID-19 pandemic is the loss of loved ones to this terrible disease, as well as any other disease or cause during this pandemic. This is very personal to me, as I have said, as I lost my uncle, who was in a nursing home in Brooklyn, New York, who refused to notify me or give me any information. I actually had to find out by searching on the internet. Just incredible. Many will be caught off guard when it comes to funeral plans for the beloved, and the disease itself has made funeral planning strenuous at best. The pandemic has disrupted the grieving process by restricting funeral memorial attendance and denying the human need to congregate during a loss adds another layer of grief and stress on the mental health of those in mourning, especially those who did not have a chance to even say goodbye, like myself. With my uncle. Nitschke is famously quoted, he who has a why to live can bear almost any how. During this uncanny time, living with a pandemic and social isolation, we can experience challenges and how life has changed. We each experience our own loss and grief. The loss of social connection, physical mobility, and of daily routines have especially been impactful to me as well as many others. It has been said that the only cure for grief is to grieve. Grieving the loss of a loved one taken by illness, loss of freedom, loss of attending a graduation ceremony, or loss of being able to complete just a research project are simple examples and serious examples that are each valid and important to acknowledge. During this crisis, it is important to grieve what has been lost, and it is also important to find meaning and hope in how life has changes. We must find a way to live during such an unsettling time, finding solace in new forms of connecting with others, utilizing space for being creative, and taking time to care for myself have all been helpful in orientating meaning in my life and can be the same in yours. With this, I and everyone else can be hopeful. Hopeful that we can all get through this difficult time. Hopeful that we may all gain a greater appreciation for the social connectedness, mobility, and routines that we have all lost. Hopeful that we may be strengthened by this trial 
and more focused on what is truly valuable and meaning in life. So what actually is grief? As human beings, whenever our attachments are threatened, harmed, or severed, we naturally grieve. Grieve is everything we think and feel inside of us when this happens. We experience shock and disbelief. We worry, which is a form of fear. We become sad and possibly lonely. We get angry. We feel guilty or regretful. The sum total of all these and any other thoughts and feelings we are experiencing as a result of the coronavirus pandemic is our grief. Our pandemic grief will change from day to day and week to week. This virus is fast. As it sweeps across countries in America, we collectively take action to flatten the curve. New rules and limitations are popping up every day. Restrictions are mounting and growing increasingly severe. As circumstances grow more dire, our grief will change. And with the virus itself, it will likely get worse before it gets better. You ask how to help yourself and others emotionally, socially, and spiritually? There are a couple of important things to understand about your pandemic grief. First, it is normal and natural. It is simply a part of your love and attachment. And second, grief responds to awareness, attention, and expression. You will feel better if you mourn. Mourning is being aware of your grief, giving it the attention it needs and deserves, and expressing it outside of yourself. I am. We have all heard a lot about how to take care of ourselves physically with this virus, but I have seen little or heard anything about emotional, social, or spiritual health. During this time of great grief, mourning is the key to these pillars of self-care. When we are feeling the emotional pain of our coronavirus grief, we can tune into it and allow it to teach us what we are really worried, sad, angry, and upset about. And then we can express it. We can talk to others about it in our household, on the phone, or online. We can write about it in our journal. We can listen to music or watch movies that help us access, understand, and share our feelings. Mourning our grief in these ways helps soften it and gives us the emergency emotional release and sustenance that we so desperately need to survive. Socially, we can't congregate in person right now but we can continue to make efforts to reach out to the people we care about. Video calls are probably the best substitute for face-to-face -face conversations. Voice calls come second. After that, emails, texting, and social media work too. And don't forget the power of the handwritten letter. The point is to just stay connected as much as possible and to be open and honest in those communications about whatever it is you are feeling or struggling with at the moment. Your candor and honesty will encourage others to be honest as well, creating the opportunity for mutual support and kindness. And when it comes to spiritual health, now is an especially resonant time to work on caring for your soul. One redeeming factor of enforced isolation is that it creates the opportunity for spiritual contemplation and practice. In times of loss, we almost always wonder why things happen as they do. 
we naturally question the meaning of life in general and the meaning of our own life in particular. We turn our attention to our deepest beliefs and values. We talk to God or wonder about God or even get angry at God. If you've been struggling with beliefs, values, meaning, and life goals during this pandemic, you're experiencing the spiritual aspect of grief. And the best way to care for your spirit right now is to be intentional about giving it time and attention. I recommend spending at least 15 minutes each day, if not more, on spiritual practices. Whatever helps you get in touch with your divine spark, do that. For some people, that might be meditation or prayer. For others, it can be reading a spiritual test, speaking affirmations, attending a religious or spiritual service online, just doing yoga, writing in a journal, or spending time observing nature or walking outdoors. Simply being aware of your emotional, social, and spiritual health every day and being deliberate about self-care in those areas will immensely help you and others today, as well as in the weeks to come. There is no doubt that this is a challenging moment to be alive for all of us, but it is also a moment in which our collective resources have never been greater and more capable. So let's be open, honest, and kind to ourselves and to each other. COVID-19 has already affected how people grieve. The COVID-19 pandemic has already had a profound effect on the grieving process. Many of those who have lost loved ones to disease caused by the new coronavirus have been unable to be at their bedside as they passed away due to the quarantine measures. Many have had to hold scaled-down funerals if they've been able to stage a funeral for their loved ones at all because of prohibitions against mass gatherings. Losing a loved one is always difficult, but the pandemic has created new, unanticipated and previously unknown complications. Something that I think is important to acknowledge here is that even under normal circumstances, during the initial days and weeks after a loss, there shouldn't be a lot of movement or activity anyway, although that does not make this any easier. You don't want people going back to work right away, do we? For example, during this time period, it's completely healthy to shut things down, be with family, and take care of yourself. But the big thing that's lacking now, given that we can't have normal funerals and other observances, is social support, and that's significant. Technology offers new options for communal mourning. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, recommended that funerals should be limited to close relatives and streamed online for other mourners. An online grief support website called Modern Loss, which I have used, uses modern technology that has opened up new possibilities for families unable to come together to mourn lost ones for whatever reason not just the pandemic and a wonderful as that may be connections enabled by stream service they still aren't the same as receiving a hug or sitting with someone but they do help tremendously indeed funerals or sitting shiva are vital for processing grief one of the things 
that helps us move forward after the death of someone close to us is accepting that loss. For the lack of a better phrase, the funeral makes it real. It also gives us a chance to see the lives of those we lost acknowledged by our community. Shared grieving can happen in other ways, too. Now, most of all, we need to be adaptive, and we can be, to some degree thanks to technology. Before people schedule an online funeral, they can reflect on what they hope and need to get out of the event. For example, is it a sense of closure? Is it felt social support? The objective is addressing these emotional needs while acknowledging the significance of the loved one in your life. Technology may not be the only tool you can use. Online forums can also allow groups to share positive memories of the departed. And there are other ways to memorialize them as well. Perhaps you can write a letter to the person who has just passed. Or you and your family can agree to each light a sky lantern separately on the same night at the same time. There is no one right way to be resilient and to grieve. We know ourselves and our unique evolving needs and we should follow them. Set boundaries even for the stream service or online gatherings because if you do decide to stream services, set boundaries and stick to them. For example, in-person Shiva observances allow relatives and friends to sit with grieving families at appointed times, but also include private times for families to have a few moments to themselves to mourn and contemplate their loss. We can do the same. Just because we are connected to our phones and computers doesn't mean we need to be on call all the time, especially when we're grieving. One option is to schedule a video group chat with friends and family with a defined start and end time. Family members can volunteer to speak and share positive memories and stories about the deceased. However, organize it so that those who are going to speak are set up beforehand and given a time limit so that the event doesn't run for hours. You want to start the grieving process so you can move through it. And this allows everyone an equal opportunity. It's about finding ways to still experience positive emotions, even during difficult times. Alongside the more somber and difficult emotions we rightfully experience in grief. Consider having a more memorial service later, after the pandemic. Another way to acknowledge lost loved ones this is to schedule services for later, perhaps the one-year anniversary of their passing, which I will do anyway, when hopefully the COVID-19 pandemic will be under control and the social distancing restrictions a thing of the past. But you don't need to decide now, when the sense of loss is still fresh. In fact, it's probably best you don't. But if you can, please do. It's never a good idea to make more decisions than we have to while grieving. Those who lost loved ones in the midst of the pandemic also have an unfortunate reminder of their loss as long as the outbreak continues, and that's the disease itself. As long as the pandemic goes on and remains in the news and the topic of conversation, people who have seen loved ones die in recent weeks may have a hard time moving past their sense of loss and grief. It can create a sense of 
feeling stuck. Community support is powerful. In a way, the world is sharing your grief and acknowledging your loss, and that can be very powerful. One day, when the world has hopefully moved past the COVID-19 pandemic, which it will, we may see the same sort of outpouring of community support for those affected. However, right now, I'm just seeing reporting of the number and not individual stories. That's so very sad to me, as I'm sure it is to you. Acknowledge that grieving at this time is more challenging than coping with loss outside a health crisis. You have additional sources of stress to contend with, so you must practice self-compassion. Staying connected to others is very important if you are grieving and socially isolated. Often we don't feel like talking to others after losing a loved one. If you lack this motivation, try to book times for phone calls and video chats. Arrange these, com arrange these conversations as appointments. You must keep, like a business agreement, agree on times with people in advance so you're more likely to follow through. Alternate between loss and restorative activities. The idea comes from the dual process approach to grief which says that people move between loss-related activities. For example, looking at photos of the deceased, crying, talking about the person, and restorative exercises. Uh, for example, making plans for the future, spending time on hobbies, and more. Consider minimizing the time you spend watching the news. It is sensible to be aware of major announcements by government and health officials. Outside of that, don't watch the news if it increases your stress levels. What's very important, I consider, is the subject of on not being there. You or your family members may not have been able to spend much time with your loved one prior to the death or be present at the time of your loved one's passing. This may make it more difficult to feel that the death is real or bring up feelings of regret, anger, or even guilt, mostly guilt. It can be hard to find meaning and peace or comfort at times like this. The COVID-19 pandemic has meant people like yourself have had to make very difficult sacrifices to protect the health of others. While you will, of course, be thinking about all that happened, including death, try not to dwell on these painful aspects. A relationship, after all, is made up of all of life's shared times. This can never be taken away from you. How about the topic of on saying goodbye? The burial or cremation convened for your loved one will not be what you would have planned. Try to consider it as a step along the way. You may consider planning a full funeral ceremony when it is safe to do so, and it will be. In the meantime, take time to find ways of saying a private goodbye. This may be through prayer and reflection, through writing to the person, or organizing mementos and photographs of them into a display. Perhaps set a time aside when family members and extended friends will light a candle in their own homes, perhaps while reading a special poem or prayer, or listening to some music that was important to your loved ones. Some more tips for coping with grief that have worked for me, and I'm sure they'll work for you. 
First of all, recognize your loss. After a significant loss, you may be numb for a while, which is absolutely normal. Being numb allows us to accept the loss of a person, a loved one, a little at a time. It is important to acknowledge the loss and the pain. Be with the pain. You are hurting. Admit it. Feeling the pain after a loss is a very normal part of living and loving. Denying the loss does not lessen the pain. It prolongs the suffering. Accept all of your feelings, even the feelings you don't like. Fear, anger, guilt, sadness, depression, despair, heartbreak, the name of you, and an overwhelming feeling of disorganization and depression are characteristic reactions to a significant loss. Avoiding name, naming and feeling our feelings will mean our feelings will be expressed in unexpected ways in the future. It's okay to feel anger. Everyone feels angry at a significant loss. Channel it wisely and it will go away as you heal. Walk, run, exercise, whatever it takes. If you find yourself more irritable, start a journal and explore what your anger is about. It helps. Anger is also a way for some people to avoid feeling the more vulnerable feeling of sadness. This is not good. Anger never helps. Be in touch with your own sadness and pain. You are vulnerable right now, so be gentle with yourself. Invite help only from people who you know will be gentle and caring with your feelings and can accept all of your feelings. You are not alone, so seek comfort as you need it. Although you may feel alone and grieving is an individual process, you actually are not alone. Grieving is a sad part of life everyone experiences. Accept support from others. Let them know what they can do to help. Do not expect comfort from a grieving partner as your partner may not be able to give you what you need due to their own grief. Suicidal thoughts can be a symptoms of someone's pain. Sometimes people feel survivor's guilt or that they wish they had died instead of their loved one. Healing does not occur in a smooth line or a timetable. Healing occurs in phases where you move in and out of different feelings. Remind yourself that you can get through this. If it feels like you have been there long enough, remember there is no way around grieving. You can only accept where you are in each moment and continue on your journey. Heal at your own pace. Never compare yourself to another grieving person. Each of us has our own timing and is perfectly normal and healthy. Expect relapses. There will always be certain things that trigger sadness again. This is normal. Try to keep a journal. Putting your thoughts and feelings on paper is a good way to get them out and understand them. Most of all, do as much of your mourning now as you can. Allow yourself to be with your pain. It will pass sooner. Postpone grief will only return faster and much worse later if you don't. One of the primary tools used to help people process the loss is known as the five stages of grief. Denial, anger, 
bargaining, depression, and acceptance. The 2005 book on grief and grieving stresses that these stages are not linear and don't have to be done in any particular order. One of the things that's happened over the years is that they become five easy steps for grieving to sort of tidy up our grief. And I always remind people there's nothing neat or tidy about grief. It's a very organic process. Along the same lines, it never intended for acceptance to be the end of the process, something that could be achieved, signaling the end of grieving. Instead of thinking of acceptance as a singular moment, there are hundreds of little moments of acceptance. Meaning is so important because many of us, after every tragedy, deal with post-traumatic stress. And meaning is really the key to us having post-traumatic growth. And as we work towards finding meaning in the losses during a pandemic, it's perfectly normal and healthy to experience two seemingly opposing emotions simultaneously. In all of this, there's this ability in us as human beings to hold on to two things at the same time so we can experience our feelings of sadness and grief and desperation. And at the same time, we can experience love and joy and hope. And I think that's what we all want to try to strive for. Stay safe and God bless.